Welcome to Double Dose of Raw Talk Podcast, your weekly dose of many discussions and opinions, a show where we get comfortable being uncomfortable. And remember, no topic is off limits. Now let's talk about it. Welcome back, guys, to another week and another episode on Double Dose of Raw Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Misty, and this is going to be recording number three because people's is trying me and that's been like the fucking concept for the last maybe two to three weeks um and also here in my house with my fucking teenager uh so yeah here we are again back on the mic and let's just kick it right off with what we're gonna talk about today this is definitely gonna be a sonita episode but i definitely want to go through the segments and i want to hit this shit right off with something that was a fucking realization for me so listen it's summertime y'all already know summertime what's the time whatever as long as it's the sun outside a lot of us carry around our shades but something came to me something came to me i am the person who will definitely put on her shades even if it's a fucking tornado outside like i am that fucking person not tornado hurricane whatever either one i'm that person i will put on my shades wherever the fuck i go because i had a moment the other day as i was putting on my shades it was not i didn't put them on it was not because of the sun i put them on because and i've done this for quite some time y'all because I was trying to stay very centered, focal, and focused on my own shit and mind the business that fucking pays me and not pay attention to the people that were around me at all whatsoever. And I realized that I use my shades, any one of them, because I have several, as a protective method of living. Like, this is survival here for me. Like, I... And it is, uh, yes, I'm calling it a protective method of living. Y'all, I use my shades. I mean, I know it's called, you know, the hater blockers. And yes, it is. And y'all know I hate the word haters, but here we are. Um, But it's like me sending a message when I put those shades on. And I may sometimes put them on with somebody who may be a fucking hater. <laughs> I may sometimes put them on right in front of somebody when I tell them you are completely irrelevant to me and I'm gonna walk right by you like ain't nobody seeing you like there are so many instances where I realize that I go into protective mode of myself with myself right when I'm putting on my motherfucking shades and I didn't think of it like that in that sense maybe not intentionally Or maybe it was, I was, and it was subconsciously, but I realized that more and more these days that A, it's been real fucking hot outside and it's real fucking sunny and I put my shades on regardless, but B, because I'm so in tune with what my intent is that I realize it has not been so much because, oh, it's sunny outside, let me put this on, it goes in my outfit. It's definitely been because I just don't want anybody to derail me from my morning peace and routine that is part of what I do in protecting my space and protecting my energy that is part of what I do 
when I want to keep literally my eyes on the prize and that is getting to my destination in peace, focus, listening to my music, to my podcasts, to my TV shows. Um, if I'm reading, I'm reading. If I'm journaling, I'm journaling. If I'm following up on emails, I'm following up on emails. But I like to have that focal point. I don't like anybody or anything that is at all negative or bad ruining or interrupting my focal point. I don't want anybody getting in between my visualization and the rest of my fucking day. And that is how I handle that by putting on those shades and being that protective. And it may seem like something so small or maybe for some even something so fucking stupid, but it's not. What I've also realized is since part of me going into that protective mode, I see a lot more when I keep my fucking shades on. Because see, people don't know if you're watching them or not. People can't see through your shades and see what you're looking at. They can't see what you're focusing on, what you peeped, what you saw, what you caught. But you know what you can behind those shades. And if we're not going to go so far with this, but we are, because, you know, I got to keep it raw here. It also has a lot to do with the concept of exactly what the name is, and that is shades. I think about so much the shadiness behind what I see when I'm wearing them and what is really going on, right? It's what people show you and what you're able to, I peeped that, I saw that. Mm. Y'all didn't see that, but I did. I'm realizing more and more that I've opened up my eyes even further to these type of situations. And it's because I am in full protective mode of living. And it's been a true realization in these last couple of weeks because of certain shit that's been happening. And I've been on survival mode. I've been on fight mode. I've been on battle mode. I've I've been on that protective shit. And I am going to spill a little bit of that scene a little later in the show. But it's definitely a moment that I've had um, a couple of times, several times, I would say, not just a couple in these last couple of weeks. And I wanted to share it with y'all. I wanted to share it with y'all because you know what? We hear so much. We're like, oh, she's so shady, right? <laughs> and people are not necessarily wearing their shades to do that. But think about it. Think about if the concept was actually literal. Oh, she's so shady because she is wearing those shades. You have no idea what she's seeing behind them shades. You have no idea what she's thinking. You have no idea what's her visualization. You have no idea what is right there front and center, right at the focal point. You have no idea what's at her peripheral. You have no idea what is passing through her thoughts and her mind based on what she just saw or what she is focused on. And that ladies and gentlemen, has been a real awakening for me. It has been a true rude awakening and a realization too. And I don't think we pay enough attention to that shit. You know, um, when we think about something as small as your headphones or your AirPods and, you know, being in the same recording studio as your favorite podcasters, or if you're listening to a whole album, you know, how many of y'all are so deep into that music that's coming in through your ears? How many of y'all are so deep into that episode that's coming in through your ears, that TV show? And sometimes we don't even have to watch the actual visuals, but we're so focused on the audio and what we're listening to that we could be in that present moment right then and there. That you think you part of that studio session and you recording that album with that artist. You're feeling all of that. And that is exactly the concept that I see behind the shades 
is exactly the same. It encompasses so much of where our true headspace is and where our thoughts are really going and what our true emotions are when we see through those lenses. And we're going to go right into the raw mess of the week. I'm going to leave y'all with that food for thought right there. But let's go into the raw mess of the week, y'all. I've had, I've been having several moments here. There's, it's been a rough couple of weeks, y'all. And today's a good day. Today, regardless of where shit is still, today is a very good day. And I'm happy to be back on this microphone with y'all. Um, very, very grateful for the guests that I've been having come on. As y'all may have noticed, I've been doing one week with a guest, one week without. So hopefully we could keep that up. Definitely being a little kinder to myself with what my needs are. And I'm hoping to continue that. So let's dive right in, y'all. Romance of the week. There is something that was circulating. Um, of course, the internet, because you already know I always reference that shit. Because a lot of the time, things that we see on the internet is things that some of us are really going through. And there's some real shit that be going on out there. Or maybe we might go through. Or what if it was us going through that shit? We can definitely dive into that. And I want to speak on something as a single mother that I did come across. I can't remember this was like a, very much so an older meme, older video meme, whatever that went viral, or it is in fact something recent. You know, some of these things look so common, so familiar, so frequent, but there is this shit that went online about a single mother upset that one of her children's fathers came by, stopped by with a meal for his child. She has more than one child and he did not bring food for the rest. And she went the fuck off and how he needed and has to provide for her other children. Meaning you're not just going to bring food for one child just because he's your child. You got to bring food for all my kids. Now, the gentleman won the fuck off too and gave her a piece of his mouth. Um, granted, hello, he's not the daddy to all the other children. So is he really responsible? But this is where I wanted to dive into it. And I'm going to reiterates what I said opening up this fucking segment. I am a single mama myself. I have only one child and I often think and go back and forth like a motherfucking pendulum. You know, I want another baby. I don't want another baby. I want another baby. I don't want another baby. I need a good husband. I want a rich husband. I don't want, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Maybe not, but I'm kidding. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and um, when I think about that shit, right, one of the things is definitely like, well, you know, do I want to be a single mother again? No, I don't. I don't want to do it um, because the shit is not always easy, right? It's, it's, it's been a journey in itself, but in the event that you know, I would have to be in the sense that me and that next child's father. Ooh, not me manifesting it and speaking it into existence. Wow. Okay, Ms. D. All right. Let's say hypothetically, I do have another child and I'm with this person. You know, in the scenario that I am with this person, first and foremost, let me just say this. There is not going to be no relationship flourishing here unless I see a very amicable, respectful, um, essentially like a very, you know, wonderful relationship between that partner and my son, because I would hope that they can at least have that, you know, he has a dad who provides for him. He doesn't need a hero. Neither do I. Um, but if you can build a friendship with him and have a good bond with him and a good relationship, that's fantastic. And that's beautiful. Right. In that case scenario, what I hope 
I'm not going to say expect, but would I say what I hope that if he's coming to our home with food, that he remembers that this would be a family of four that he has to feed and not just myself, his child and him. You know, my child is part of this home. This is his home already. You stepping into this and we're making it a collective home with two partners and children. Right. But in the event that things were not to work out between me and this person, but we share a child. Right. If he is stopping by to bring that child food, by no means at all, absolutely the fuck not, is he obligated, nor would I expect him to bring any additional food to feed any other children that I may have in this home if they're not his kid. And this is where this might be unpopular the fuck opinion. And some of y'all might be like, oh, Missy, that's so fucked up. That's shady. (laughs) It's not shady. I am a single mother. And I would never, if I'm, if I'm leading the conversation with, I don't need a hero and neither does my son, that conversation continues whether I'm with my second child's father or not. Like this is not needing a hero. This is not someone who needs to come in and step up all throughout just because that's what I said is supposed to happen or supposed to go. That's not how this is. And you know, this isn't a woman bashing shit. Absolutely the fuck not. I know the life of a single mother. I know how hard that is. I know everything that it entails, you know, the co-parenting discussions and arguments sometimes, the journeys. Some of us have gone to court. Some of us have gone divorced. Some of us is child support. Some of us is custody battle. Like there's so much to this for some of us and for some of us not, right? But at the end of the day, if you have a child with one person, And that person is being responsible with that one child and is being committed with that one child and to that one child, then by no means, if you have other children, do you put on that person that responsibility to have to take care of the other kids? They should want to, especially if they're with you. And if they are not, ladies and ladies and gentlemen, but mostly ladies, they don't have to bring an extra fucking Happy Meal to the rest of your children. Absolutely the fuck not. Um, This stayed with me. This was something that I want to, you know, ruffle the feathers a little bit here and keep it all the way raw. This is something that when I saw, I said to myself, and this is exactly why there's so many men out there, both who do not have any children and who do have children, who sometimes do have a preference to be with women or to date women who do not have kids because of dumb shit like this. And I'm not just, you know, I'm pointing the finger. I'm not here saying, oh, it's all your fucking fault. No, that's not what I'm going to say. But it is setting enough example to why there could be some men who feel that way because of that. And listen, I've been in relationships with men who have had no children. I've been in relationships with men who have had children. Out of all my relationships, post my divorce with my son's father, there have been two in particular that came around my child. And out of those two, only one truly came around my child. From plenty and enough years of our involvement, To the point that, you know, to this day, that man will say, how's my man doing? How's my guy doing? Used to be, how's my little man? But this is a grown ass mofo here. Whole ass teenager living for free here. But, you know, he, he was someone who had no kids and he would do for my kid. There was never a day that I would not say, 
oh, I need this or Marcus needs this. And he would not step up and step in and do what he had to do. And that was not because he was obligated. It was not because it was an expectation. It was not because he just had to, right? He had no kids. He wanted to, and he did it for the time that we were together. And it was great things. But I do feel, and I do understand, scratch the feel, I believe. And I do understand now that this is why a lot of men will sit there and have some form of scrutiny and have some form of biased thoughts towards single mothers because of examples like this. And I wanted to make this a romance of the week because one, that shit was messy as fuck. Two, the commentary was fucking outrageous in a lot of these fucking blogs that we shared this shit. Three, some of y'all were on the daddy side. Some of y'all were definitely on the mommy side. And four, I was just like, I got some shit to say. So I'm going to say it. And so here I am. And what if the tables were turned? What if the tables were turned? Well, let me let me hit y'all off with a little bit of tea here. Here's me keeping it all the way raw. The tables were once turned for me. The tables were turned for me. And this is probably as raw as it's ever going to get, y'all. We're going to segue right into that shit, too. Um, I was a single mother. Yes. But before I was a single mother, I was a married woman with a child with someone who was a single father when I met him. Um, he had children when I met him. I was a stepmother before I became even a mom or a wife, right? And I remember how it went from me doing for two children then to doing for three, my child too. And I remember now having three children who to do for because there was not the proper support for the two other babies then. They're grown today. God bless them. And there was not the proper support for them from the other parent because they lived with my ex-husband, right? Um, And with me. And I remember when shit got real and it was a realization for me. When I was finishing school, I was close to graduate. I had to, you know, no longer work. I was doing my final internship, right? So I could graduate, right? This was an agreement that was that happened with um, my son's father, right? Um, it was me trying to figure out with the part-time job that I had because I did have a full-time job and I had to go down to a part-time job. And at one point, I went down to no job at all. He was running the whole household. He was taking care of all of us. But it came to the point where... I went from doing for two stepchildren to now doing for three children equally, two of which were much older than the third one. And the third one is the one I gave birth to. And it's a realization there where I had to figure out a way to be able to make it for all three because they did all live with me because I did take care of the other two way before I ever committed to taking care of my own because I was looking out for them because I was the stepmother because I was in this family with them. And that's a real harsh realization to enter, right? It's it's a it's it's to an extent even a different mental um status and, and mental thought process too, right? It's a whole mindset there. Because I stepped in being a stepmama and then all of a sudden I'm a mom, but I'm not just doing for one, I'm doing for all three. Right? And then when the breakup comes, right? And I had to be faced with, you know, when he did when he was allowed visitation, because that's a whole other mess, y'all. Um <laughs> but when I would drop off Marcus you know, or he would come and get him with the boys. Like, you know, there were things that Marcus might get that maybe, you know, or, or Marcus would go with that the boys didn't have. Now, granted, they were much older than him. But the point is, 
there was different scenarios where there would be some form of a difference. And I can't say it was intentional, not from my aunt, and certainly not from their father's end, right? But it could be viewed as such. It could be perceived as such. And it's so easy to fall in those situations. And you may not intend to do so. You may not plan to do so. You may not even think it could ever happen. But sometimes it does. And that's something that we have to be aware of and we have to know and be more realistic with what our rules and our expectations are and with whom. And that should be based on the type of relationships that we have with different people that come in and out of our lives and the type of relationships that they may or may not have with our children too. And so I'm done with that raw messy shit. Now, as raw as I guess, because, you know, we just segue a little bit on that. Um, I want to not, you know, pretend like there's not this large fucking elephant in the motherfucking room because there is. Ladies and gentlemen, that is right. I'm going to give my thoughts on the shit show that happened with SCOTUS. Um, let me tell you about these mofos. Um, well, I don't need to tell you about these mofos because y'all know exactly what the fuck happened. But this little segment, as Raza guys, is going to have a little subtitle called A Gavel Versus My Vagina. Y'all, we are here. This is where we are today. I knew this was coming. I knew a lot of us knew this was coming. But I'm going to tell you why I knew and I felt that this was going to be next because of all the talk and all the shit that already happened with the mandate of vaccines. Let me make this clear because I've made it clear before, but I'm going to make it clear again. I am vaccinated. I am fully vaccinated and boosted here, right? But I was never with the idea that there should be a mandate on it and people should be forced or lose their job to get a fucking vaccine, because the government says so okay regardless of the science behind it regardless of all that i am a firm believer that people in general should have the right to make decisions for their own body including what goes into it and what goes out of it okay never in a million years that i think that as much as i kind of had a feeling that this would actually happen. Like, I know we've been talking about it. I know we had a feeling. I know we knew it was it was on the table with all them gavels. Like, we knew it. We knew it, y'all. The fact that this shit happened, right? And if any of y'all know anything about Latino culture, especially Channel 47, y'all, you already know that in Telemundo, there is a show called Caso Cerrado. And that's exactly what the fuck this shit felt like. On that morning when we found out that Roe v. Wade was overturned, this felt like a caso cerrado. Like, my girl said caso cerrado and there was nothing else we could do. That's it. Case closed. That was it. We had no other say here. But what really gets to me with this, and I want to I wanna dive into this um, from this angle, from this lens, right? From this viewpoint. Um, it's the fact that everything feels like we're going so backwards in all the progress that was made, if we could even call it progress, right? Because let's face it, a lot of these, a lot of these cases <laughs> have not been codified. They're, they're still on the table um, being targeted and they can all easily be overturned at any fucking minute and we would be fucking screwed. And I, I it's it's getting to me 1000%. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm not gonna hold y'all. It's getting to me. It's traumatizing for some. It's it, it builds anxiety for others. For me in particular, and I don't think I've ever dived into the story, but I, I feel like 
I should be able to and I feel like I want to because it's part of my truth and it's part of my life and it's part of my experiences. Um, prior to Marquez and many episodes ago, I shared this platform and this microphone with the story. Prior to having Marcus, I did have a miscarriage and it was traumatic enough to go through that, right? And for many people who are going through a miscarriage, they need a follow up that involves DNC, which is essentially an abortion. Um, post Marcus, post my child, I made the decision. And again, forgive me, this is a hundred episode 106, y'all. I can't remember if I dived into the story, but here we are. Post Marcus, post my child, I made the decision um to not go through with a pregnancy. And the reason why was because, and not that I owe any of you an explanation, but if I'm gonna keep it all the way raw, I feel comfortable enough to share this, right? Uh reason being was because I found myself in a situation where yes, I was on birth control and it still happened. Birth control has failed many of us, um, for me particularly, several times. <laughs> Shout out to IUDs, y'all. And um, but I made that decision. I made that decision because I led into a separation and then ended up finding out there was a pregnancy. I knew we were going to continue into a divorce. I knew no matter what, you know, broken promises, promises we're making, uh, you know, by the gentleman. Um <laughs> I knew it was all a crock of shit <laughs> and I just knew for myself. And one of the things I remember saying to myself when I had to make this decision for me was that I did not want to raise two kids in a broken home. I did not want to put two kids through an experience of a separation and a divorce and having to have two people co-parent considering and keep it in mind how nasty the breakup was because it was a nasty as fuck breakup y'all <sighs> it was nasty um I just didn't want to do that to two kids I felt a sense of guilt that I did not have any intentions of ever being divorced I got married through church the whole nine yards and here I was getting a divorce and now my son would have to be raised with both his parents in separate homes and I felt a sense of guilt I felt a sense of shame I did not feel the shame in choosing to terminate the pregnancy. I felt the shame in what I was raised believing was the right way to live and the right way to have a family and marriage and a wedding and together and all this other stuff. And I felt more shame, more guilt based on that. And so that's where my decision came to not continue with the pregnancy. And I don't regret that at all. One bit. I don't regret that part. I know till this day. 13 years later, my son is 15, 13 years later, that I made the right decision. I made the right choice. I could not be imagining right now how life would have unfolded and how I would have continued on and how I would have been able to maneuver all of that as a single mother of two. I just don't. And the reason why I feel so comfortable in speaking on this right now is because it's been extremely hurtful to realize that a fucking gavel changed the future the destiny of my vagina and the universe and the ovaries that accompany it all of it that regardless of the scenario i'm in there are some states in this country that could dictate what the fuck i'm supposed to do or not and what punishments go along with it if i quote unquote break the law 
And it has been a very disgusting fucking feeling. It's been disturbing to even think about it. And haha, to have another fucking realization moment here that no matter how many times I wear my shades, I'm no longer protected from this. A whole gavel decided something different, decided otherwise and overturned Roe v. Wade. And this is the fucking life we're living in today. And I was not going to not comment on this shit because if you know this platform, on this platform, we get comfortable being uncomfortable. No topic is ever off limits. And so with that being said, shout out to a lot of these men who are out there getting vasectomies already. I don't know if that's a false report, but I'm going to believe that it is a truthful report. And so shout out to all of y'all. And y'all, this ain't this is not a political podcast. Um, This is a podcast where we talk about whatever the fuck I feel like talking about it. And one of those things is definitely your local elections, your state elections. Um, many, many, many moons ago, <laughs> not so many, I had an episode here with um, Stephanie Arroyo. And she is someone who is out in her neighborhood in New York City, you know, trying to represent her community and trying to represent her district. Shout out to her. And one of the things she said many episodes ago was, you know, these local elections matter, these state elections matter. And we do have to get out there for that because we are able to at least have some form of quote unquote protection through those type of laws, regardless of what SCOTUS does. And so on that note, guys, that's my little dose on that team um, that many of y'all have had your opinions on. And so they're all welcome to. And we're going to go into the double or nothing. And this one is where I'm going to spill all the tea. Well, not all the tea, not all the tea. So it's because, you know, I got to be protective about, you know, my livelihood. But I do want to let you guys in on some other crazy shit that I've been going through that has really triggered my anxiety, triggered my stress, triggered my panic attacks. You remember how long ago I shared that experience about my anxiety and my panic attack being so triggered that I thought I was having a heart attack several episodes ago. Well, here we are again. Um, I did not have that exact type of a panic attack again. And my anxiety has not been that triggered because ultimately mentally I've entered a different mindset when it comes to um, a particular environment that is not necessarily in my home. Right. (laughs) And ladies and gentlemen, Uh, on the double or nothing I want to highlight why us women particularly us women specifically as women have such a hard time making it in this world and the meaning of success for a lot of us success definitely goes under the area of you know education and degrees and credential and careers right and for some of us success looks like getting through life being true to what your personal brand is and putting respect on your motherfucking name. And you know how you do that? By never, ever in your life having to drag any women through the fucking mud to make yourself look better, to make yourself feel better, or having to bring any other women down, okay? Um, I'm going to give y'all, I'm going to serve y'all enough doses of this tea so y'all can understand where I'm coming from with this. But recently, um, I encountered, um, this situation that involved, uh, you know, calling them a human being is too much credit, um, in which this person truly put me in a situation to jeopardize my livelihood to jeopardize my credentials to jeopardize my 
my legacy, my personal brand, my name, the respect to my name to, to jeopardize everything I've worked so hard for to possibly even jeopardize the extent of my livelihood that even involves, I mean, the custody of my child, like to jeopardize, to attempt to jeopardize so much, right? And at the end of the day, when your work speaks for itself, your work will be shouting to the highest mountain from the highest mountain, okay? All the way to fucking Mount Everest, if it fucking has to, to make it a point to show who the fuck you are all in itself. And you don't even have to put that much work into that, okay? Ladies and ladies and gentlemen, but mostly ladies, specifically ladies, learn how to make it to the top and keep rising to that top without it being at the expense of others, without you feeling so threatened and so insecure that you have to fuck with somebody's livelihood. Y'all, I was in such a situation where I had to be able to define and identify what the fuck was really going on. And if you know me, you know I like to do things these days emotionally intelligent. If you heard my episode with Carla Ramirez. <laughs> but also, I like to be smart with it these days. I have spoken so much here about my growth. My growth personally, professionally. And with that has come, you know, my reactions. Um, <laughs> to different scenarios. Not my proudest fucking moment, y'all. But <laughs> shout out to my coworkers. Shout out to my coworkers that became friends and more than friends family, y'all. Sally, Hallie, and Alicia. Dead ass. Like, I love y'all so much. Because y'all have helped me through really fucking tough times. But... My growth has definitely shown itself and it's and it's been very protective of the respect that goes on my name and to be found in a situation that was just so, so, I can't, like malicious, so, so disrespectful, so, did I say malicious? I said malicious, right? So... Like the audacity, the nerve, you know, I, 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 as an individual, but also just as, as a woman, as a woman, I don't do very well when other women think that they are able and capable of excelling in life by tarnishing another woman's name or defaming their character or challenging their integrity in the attempt to drag her through the mud or to put out there, you know, false accusations or false narrative, I should say. It's, it's just, it's been an experience in itself. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, when I said today was a great day, today was a great day. And you guys know here on this platform, I've been working really hard and more so these days to circle back and come back to my faith. And I have, I have, I mean, I'm still me, I'm still Missy, you know, I got my moments, but <laughs> I have, you know, found 
my faith again. And I've prayed really, really hard on all of this. And it's a shame, but also not a shame that sometimes when you're going through the toughest of shit, you really do learn to turn to your faith again. And I can honestly say, I wholeheartedly feel and think like I am one of God's favorites and God does not play about me. And God said to me, like, I've always had your back, Daisy. Like, you're good. I always look out for you. You just didn't want to fucking believe it. And in these tough of the toughest fucking times, the roughest fucking times, y'all, like when I tell you I was ready to walk the fuck away with my chin real real high up and my shoulders all the way the fuck back and I was ready to flip that hair and put those shades on and walk the fuck out and everybody could kiss my motherfucking ass I was ready to I was ready to um the reason why I did it why I didn't do it is because as I've come back to my faith one of the things I do not lose track of is that patience is a virtue and I'm getting choked up ah patience is a virtue and and sometimes you do need to see things unfold. And so as women, we should be able to recognize when all we have is one another to lean on and to hold each other up and to support one another and to push each other into success. And if it wasn't for that, I don't know how I was going to make it out of this bullshit. Um, a message to you ladies and you ladies and gentlemen, but specifically you ladies, um, do your work with pride. Like I said before, let that work show itself and speak for herself. Do not, I will repeat it one more motherfucking time. Do not drag someone through the mud. Do not bring them down. Do not violate their name. Do not defame their character, their integrity. Do not do that to people just because you think or you seem to believe that is going to get you farther because while it may do just that, it's still ain't gonna get you too far. And now on the overdose, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> y'all, a bitch really tried it. And shout out to my growth. Shout out to my growth because I'm very, very proud of that shit. Um, that is what the overdose is going to lead into. Like I said before, God doesn't play about me. Um. I'm grateful for the work that I've put into coming back to my faith, just in general. But I'm also grateful. And I'm going to give a shout out to him, even though he done pissed me off today. But I'm grateful to my kid. My kid is the, the one person who um, reminds me of all of his faith and all of his belief. You know, um, not, not, not so much in the religion, but more so just in the faith itself. And, you know, to see him still so connected at, at the young age of 15, to see him still believe so much in it, it has truly helped this process. It's what has gotten me through the anxiety and the panic attacks that have felt like heart attacks. It's what's gotten me through the process of, you know, the next step my next move what's next the level up you know a year ago I was here on this microphone telling y'all about a whole new opportunity and I don't know what the future holds but what I do know is my worth and on this overdose I am absolutely overjoyed 
that while I take a lot of pride in my ability to be one loyal ass bitch, I'm not allowing, not today, not tomorrow, not ever, for anybody in any type of relationship with me, whether personal or professional, to take my loyalty for motherfucking weakness. Where's my kindness? That I know my worth so goddamn much that no matter what environment I am in, I will make sure I am good and protected no matter what. And that I will do so by any means necessary. And that is what the fuck I'm overjoyed with because God does not pray about me. And on that note, guys, <laughs> pray for your girl. I definitely pray for all of y'all. Um, some of y'all are definitely chosen few considered and I always keep y'all in mind and I send y'all always so much love and so grateful to my listenership for being so fucking supportive for me to me on this platform. Um, you know, we're back next week, y'all. <laughs> and on that note, guys, this has been another week and another episode on Double Dose of Raw Talk Podcast. I am your host, Misty, and you guys will tune in next week. Bye. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And we are live on your favorite podcast streaming platform. Make sure to tell a friend to tell a friend to subscribe, rate, and review. Talk to you later. Bye.